0: It's helpful to know, you know, even if it's before you've made the leap and left your W-2 job, like you can have that discussion and have that game plan and know, all right, well, maybe either the answer is yes, I can do it now and I'm I'm comfortable and I've got the money and I can feel good about that. Or maybe it's not right now and maybe it's, okay, maybe I need to work another you know, nine, 10 months or another year. and But now I have this bogey of savings that I know I need to get to. Welcome to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. Anne and Courtney are passionate business owners and mothers who are here to help you transition into a career that allows you to work on your own terms and build your own balanced lifestyle. Whether you've already started your own business or are looking to create a path to get there, we're here to give you the resources, tools, encouragement, and community to support you along your journey. Let's dive in.
1: Welcome back to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. It's Courtney Gallster with co-host Ann Kanudala. And today we're joined by our friend, Kristen Printon, who is a relationship-focused, holistic financial planner who is locally based in Minnesota. And she is going to tell us a little bit about her journey to entrepreneurship, along with all the things you need to know if you are starting your own business, or if you are already running your own business. Welcome, Kristen.
0: Hi, Courtney and Ann. Thanks so much for having me.
1: We're excited you're here.
2: Money is a tough topic, right? And a lot of people don't like to talk about money, but it's Mm -hmm. the exact thing that we all need to be talking about.
0: Totally agree. It's It's such an emotional topic for so many people. And usually those emotions tend to be negative. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of embarrassment. There's a lot of guilt. And I think so many of those negative emotions come from not knowing what to do. And this is an area where people really beat themselves up and feel as though I should, you know, I'm a smart person. I should be able to do this. It's not that difficult. And yet, why am I struggling so much with this? But it's also something that we are never taught. Like most people never have any formal education on this. And yet, we spend so much time beating ourselves up which i find really fascinating like the mm-hmm. human behavior side of things because it's one of the few areas that we do this like no one gets upset with themselves when they can't like work on their car because they're not a mechanic like no one gets mad at themselves for doing that and yet we do it all the time with money and whether you have a little or a lot money you deal with it almost on a daily basis. And so when you have this lack of education, I think that's really the value of working with someone is how can you better understand it in terms of your own life and what it is you are trying to create, because everyone has a very different version of money and very different versions of the lives that they're trying to build. And so it really needs to be specific to you. I think, too much of our time is spent comparing against other people. And that really only hurts you and sets you up for failure.
1: So you have a very unique philosophy on money that I think is refreshing for people because a lot of people are afraid to go meet with a financial planner because they're afraid that they're going to be get their hand slapped because you haven't been doing this or you haven't been doing mm-hmm. that. And that's not how you recommend people approach their money at all.
0: No, not at all. I mean, I really want it to be a judgment free zone. I'm never the person that will kind of beat you up. I think you do that enough yourself. And so, as cheesy as it probably sounds, like I really want it to be a safe space because, in order for me to actually help you, I need you to be open and honest. And that's not going to happen if you're uncomfortable or feel Mm -hmm. like I'm judging you. And I would say another big reason why people tend to be scared to talk to a planner is that they think that a planner is going to tell them to pinch every single penny and save everything. And you're never allowed to have fun because you might have a little bit of debt and you're maybe not on track for your goals. And no one wants to hear that. And so they in turn then do nothing. And I am always outright about the fact that you do not have to be efficient, financially efficient, with every single penny you have. It's just not realistic. And at the end of the day, there's also no guarantee you're going to make it until all these big goals that you might be saving and planning for. There's no guarantee that you're going to make it all the way until retirement. We hope that you do. And I hope that you live a long, amazing, fantastic life. But I do want you to enjoy the journey. And so I'm a big proponent of like, tell me the fun things that you want to do. And sometimes my job gets to be kind of giving people a bit of a permission slip. Not that they need that, but some people, it's just helpful. It's helpful to hear it from a third party professional who works with finances all day long to actually hear it's okay. You can spend the money, like go take the vacation, go build the house that you want, or, you know, go start this, you know, turn this side hustle into your full-time job. Like having those kinds of conversations are really fun and rewarding, but I think people get so stuck on a planner's just going to tell me to budget and save everything. And I'm not going to be able to have fun and I'm going to get judged. So in turn, I'm just not going to talk to someone and they're Maybe some planners out there that are like that, but trust me, they're not all <laughs> like that.
2: Oh my goodness. I am like so excited for this conversation. I think you just hit so many things on, you know, the, the unknown and people, especially like being afraid to have these conversations, you know, if you're in your thirties or forties and just starting business for self, and you've been a W2 employee for 20 years of your life, you're not going to know this and that's okay. And it's okay to go in and ask questions and talk to someone who does have this experience and, and you should. So I'm so excited to jump into this conversation, but I'd love to first just kind of hear your story a little bit. Um, so let's start there. Sure. Sure. Well, I always
0: joke, I was one of the weirdos that figured out really early on in life what I wanted to do. It was actually back in high school that I had an entrepreneurship course and a personal finance course, which side note, I think everyone should go through a personal finance course, you know, for sure in high school, uh, if not in college, but absolutely high school. And I just loved those two classes and essentially just married them together and came up with Financial Planner. And for me... It was one of those pieces that I realized I was naturally really good with numbers. I was, I'm very organized. Like I was budgeting before I knew that that was the term for it, uh, because I do not come from money at all. Like I grew up in a trailer park. Like it's as not from money as you can get. And so for me, I really learned and saw firsthand what it looks like when you don't know what to do with money and when you don't have someone to ask questions to or when you start too late. And that was a huge stressor in my world in growing up. Mm And so for me, as an adult, I really wanted something where I could use my natural talents and help people not make the mistakes that I saw made as I was growing up. And I wanted to have my own kind of financial stability because that was something that was really important for me and for my future family. And so that was really what got me into this career in the first place was helping people. And really, for me, every financial plan is a bit like a puzzle. And everyone's picture looks different. And so it's exciting for me to meet someone new to figure out, okay, you've got all these different pieces. How do we fit them all together? Because there is no one size fits all when it comes to financial planning. Um, And that's why I'm such a huge proponent of plan first. That should always be your starting point. And whether that means you've got a ton of money or you're just starting out, if you can have the plan and have the conversations, even before the money is here, you're really setting yourself up for success in actually sticking with those goals and sticking with mm-hmm. that game plan because it's really easy for you to, like once you get a great paycheck or you, know, you kind of finally get paid on this contract and now you've got a lot of money, it feels like, well, now I just wanna spend it or now I need to pay down debt or like I finally made money and I wanna do something fun. And if you can have more of a game plan, I think that's hugely helpful. So that's that's kind of long story short, I guess what is exciting to me about this career and why mm-hmm. I got into it in the first place.
1: I think that's so interesting and so interesting that you bring up the idea of like people not knowing to, what to do with their money and just blowing that first big paycheck. Yep. And um, I was watching this net this this is a little off topic, but I was watching this documentary on Netflix last weekend about minimalism. And it really talked a lot about that, that there's this movement where people are feeling, you know, they they make more money and they spend more money and they're still unfulfilled. And they think if I could only make this amount of money and I could buy this and then I would be happy and life doesn't work that way. And so this documentary was about these people that kind of gave up everything and really streamlined their life and only kept the things that make them happy. And it was a little bit extreme, but I think that that concept of, Money is an important vehicle for creating the life that you want to live, but you have to know what the life you want to live is before you spend the money. And I think that's what kind of your your goal is to help your clients with. At least that's what it sounds like.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, because as you said, I think the more money you make, I think when you are starting out, especially if you're younger, you know, you might have certain income goals, or you know, when you're maybe in your twenties, if you got like a $10,000 bonus, like that's probably a big deal, but Mm -hmm. when you're in your forties and maybe making good money and now you have a $10,000 bonus, like you might not have even really noticed that. Like it's nice, but your happiness level is very different as you get older and as you earn more and as you have more experience. And I think it does, you, your perspective, your perspective shifts from, always you know i shouldn't say always but maybe being more focused on the finances to more focused on well what does that money actually mean to me and what mm-hmm. what can it translate to into like this life vision that you may have for yourself and so i think people very often set money goals without realizing long term like what does that actually mean and like how does that impact you because Money is only motivating for so long. Like you actually need to turn it into something. I think for it to continue to be a motivational thing.
2: I love how you say plan first before the money is even there, because mm-hmm. we just were talking about yesterday how the importance of planning. I always relate it to um, meal planning because I feel like it's <laughs> so relatable as a mom, where you know every day five o'clock is going to come. Dinner time is going to come regardless or not. And if you don't have a plan for what you're going to make every day, you're like, what am I going to like? I I have to feed these humans again. What am I going to make for dinner? But if you just take a little bit of time on say Sunday and plan out your week, when five o'clock comes, you know exactly what to do. It's not as stressful and it, it just simplifies things and creates a plan for success. So Walk us through if you know, our li- a lot of our listeners are you know, either wanting to take that leap or they recently took that leap, they're in kind of their first to five mm-hmm. years of business. You know, what would you recommend as the expert in your field? How to plan before taking that leap? What are the things that you would recommend?
0: Absolutely. Well, I think before you take that leap, Having a good understanding of what even are your family's income needs, Uh, knowing, you know, being able to have some kind of bogey out there of like, eventually I need to get to this point. Or, you know, if you can set some kind of timetable on, okay, well, I've got enough cash to, you know, last six months or a year to kind of give yourself some time to grow your business And knowing kind of what that income really needs to be for your family. So, I mean, that kind of blends into two things. One, just know what it is that you need. And two, if you are still working in a W-2 kind of 9 to 5 job and you know you want to make this transition, I would strongly suggest try to stockpile that cash while it's here and while you're used to it and while you have it. Um, Really try to set yourself up for success in having accessible funds Uh, I think I just saw something this week that's something like 82% of small businesses go out of business because of cash flow issue. And usually it's not having cash when you need it. And so if you can know that going into it and try to plan ahead of having, you know, like I said, if it's a certain amount of money that you know, okay, what I need to be able to bring to the family is, you know, a couple thousand dollars per month to make life work with our expenses? Can I have that in a savings account so that way I'm buying myself a good amount of time so that if I'm not immediately turning around and making money on whatever this new venture is, that that's okay. It takes a lot of pressure off of you and helps you just give you more time to continue to build that up. So I think that's a huge component. Know what your income needs are. Try to build up cash while you still have a stable paycheck. And having that cash will also help you so that when your income is volatile, if you can try to even out the cash that your family is experiencing, it also helps just from a planning perspective for just your family, your business income might go up and down, but if you can somehow create kind of, or essentially recreate your own income stream that, you know, okay, no matter what, I'm going to give $2,000 a month to the family. Cause that's what I know I, I you know, need to do, whether that's coming from actual cash flow that I earned or whether that's coming from the savings account that I've built up, your family won't then feel this like significant change and significant dip, Uh, The other piece that I would say is know what benefits you currently have that you now won't have anymore. And if it's, you know, if you're married to someone, if it's, you know, you had the health insurance and now you need to flip-flop that, and now it's your spouse that's handling that, like making sure that you've got some basics that are covered. But a big piece that a lot of people don't think about is their retirement account. You know, if you have been W-2 and you've had access to a 401k, you're probably used to just naturally deferring money in and probably not having to pay too much attention to that. And a big shift in your perspective now going out on your own is that there really is no one else holding your hand to make sure that you do these things. And so it's going to be more on you, or if you are partnered up with a planner, like they will help with this, but the burden is going to be more on you to think about, okay, well, I need to be saving for retirement. Like, How do I do that? Where do I do that? How much should I be doing? Those are things that you might not have thought about before. And so being aware of what your benefits are, it doesn't mean right out of the gates, you're going to turn around and create your own retirement account and like start saving because you might not have any money coming in yet. But if you can have this game plan, even before you jump ship, if you can have this game plan that okay, I'm going to give myself like two years. And I know financially in the long-term, that's not going to throw us off course. I know in two years, like that's my timetable to kind of get things up and running so that at that point I can start then saving into my own new retirement account that I can create, you know, as a business owner. Um, You know, knowing what those things are, I think is helpful and will help take some pressure off. So you don't feel as though, oh my gosh, I just lost everything. And now I have to do everything all at once. You don't. It's okay. Like, but you need to know what your timetable is so that you don't completely miss the boat and forget to ever set things up. <laughs> but I think, take some pressure yeah. off yourself.
1: You don't need to do it all right away. I think that's really interesting, too, from the things that you should think about that maybe you wouldn't think of as a direct financial impact on your family because mm-hmm. the Number one thing that I hear from people that is a shock, especially if it's a husband and wife, if it's, if it's both people in a couple that are going to be Mm self-employed, um, surprisingly, I know a lot of husband and wife duos that are both, they take the leap around the same time is benefits. And Mm -hmm. you don't realize if you, especially if you're in a big corporate employer and you have benefits through them, you don't realize how expensive those are to get on the open market. Very expensive. Yeah very expensive. Yeah. I think when, you know, it varies depending on the plan that you have and who you go through to get your benefits. There was a one year when Charlotte was born, my youngest, that we were paying so much money for benefits. And I don't know why they were so expensive that year. They actually went down the following year, which was kind of weird. But when Charlotte was born, our benefits package was like, almost $2,000 a month just for having health insurance. Mm -hmm. And that's some, you know, that's more than some people think they even need to bring in every month. And so you really have to kind of plan that out, look at what those expenses might be, especially if you are the one that's carrying the benefits. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think another piece that people
0: don't think about if you haven't been an entrepreneur entrepreneur before you haven't worked like in kind of a contract 1099 income position is taxes mm-hmm. like the big piece that it can be a bit of a culture shock for people because you're not used to having to think about taxes it just automatically comes out of your paycheck without you doing anything and when you switch gears and now you are the one that is in charge of paying these you Become a lot more aware of how much you pay in taxes when you're the one like writing checks and like having to manually pay those, like you become very aware of how much that is. And that would be something that I would strongly encourage people to do is get connected with a CPA. You can CPAs are not as expensive as you may be thinking, like there's a wide range of what it may cost. But I work with a few CPAs that are like maybe a couple hundred dollars to run your return and to create uh quarterly estimates. Like it's not this, you know, huge expense, but it can save you so much money and so much headache. If you work with them, even before tax time, like this is something I know we've chatted about before. Like it's not super helpful to wait until, you know, April to now get all your stuff together and say, Hey, CPA, now what do I do? Like that's a very reactive relationship where you will get the biggest benefit is connecting with the CPA, like even around this time. You know, tax time has passed, like plan for the year ahead or connect with someone even before you leave your nine to five to say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking, or like if it's a side hustle that you've already monetized and now you just want to ramp it up. Can you talk through some of those numbers to say, all right here's what I'm going to be missing. I'm not going to be deferring into a 401k anymore. And here's how much income I think I'll be making. Talk through what expenses you foresee and have them run some estimates for you. And in an ideal world, in my opinion is that you are paying those quarterly estimates. Um, I know the other way you can do it is if your CPA just says, hey, here's a percentage and like try to save that Particular percentage out of each paycheck or each, you know, income stream that you're getting, and try to save that so that when it comes to tax time, you have this lump sum available. Um, but I think for a lot of people, if you can get used to paying quarterly tax estimates, it really helps because even if you've saved a lot of money it's still hard to write a big check one time. Just personally, I think it's mm-hmm. easier to write four smaller checks uh, for your quarterlies that are spread out a little bit more so throughout the year. But having a relationship with a CPA, even before there's a ton of money being made, is hugely helpful. And it really just good in developing a habit like I work with a CPA. I'm a 1099 uh, contractor myself. So I understand the world of quarterly estimates. I pay my own. And also what I do is every year I will let him know like at my tax appointment, this is kind of what I expect my income to be for this next year. Let's, let's assume expenses stay the same, but let's assume income increases. What does that now look like? So that I'm always staying ahead of the curve um, a typical CPA will say, you, you should always do 110% of your taxes from the year before. Mm-hmm. I haven't liked that because my income tends to increase by more than 10%. And I would rather break even than pay less and now have to pay pay in significantly more come tax time. So for me, it's really helpful. I always have a pretty good idea what income will be. and And to keep your eye on that throughout the year. Because if you realize, hey, I know I told this number to the CPA and it turns out I'm just crushing it and I'm having a fantastic year, well, either connect with them again and have them rerun new estimates or just know I'm going to actually start paying in a little bit more for these last two quarters to help offset the fact that I know I'm making more. And same is true if maybe it's a rough year. Well, then either have them rerun estimates or maybe you pay in a little bit less. But Doing something on those quarterlies is going to be significantly better than nothing.
2: I think it's really important to, to like you said, do this before the money starts coming in. I mm-hmm. think it is a really big mindset shift that most people go through when they become a 1099 uh, or like a contract employee or the business for self is that the money that you bring in, that is not all your money, you know? And so, it's this mindset shift of, okay, like I know for me personally, yes, I do the quarterly payments, but also I have a percentage in mind that every time I bring in some type of money, that percentage is just being set aside for taxes. And mm-hmm. this additional percentage is being set away for my retirement savings. And then that rest, that's what, you know, I can put in my my savings account and my bank account. And so I think having that mindset, and knowing that you need to account for all of those things is super helpful on the front end of things mm-hmm. it helps you evaluate what you should be charging when you're working with clients and i think like you said too like connect with the cpa that's their yeah. job that's their zone of genius that's mm-hmm. what they're an expert in and so we as business owners can't be an expert at everything and it's so like your money is really important to make sure you know you're moving it forward in the correct way. And having an expert help you is never a waste.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When I think your CPA should probably be almost the first professional that you connect with, I think where a financial planner comes in because you know I'm not a CPA, so I will throw that out, not a CPA myself, but where I come in as a financial planner is maybe if you were a little bit more established where now you are thinking, okay, I've, I've got my taxes kind of handled. I've got a good system for paying those. Like I've got maybe not completely regular income, but maybe a little bit more stabilized, or at least you've got kind of a game plan for paying yourself and your family. So at least that component feels a bit more stable, but when you are ready to start thinking about retirement I do something very similar to what you just mentioned, Anne, is having whatever that a specific dollar amount or a specific percentage based off of your estimated income so that if we can set up those clients to say, all right, well, if it's. 5% 5% of every you know, income source that comes in gets set aside in this separate savings account that we know, like our plan, our intention for that account is that that goes into then a retirement account. Whether that's a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, a SEP IRA, a solo 401k, like there are different types of accounts that are out there depending on the size of your business. If you're a solo entrepreneur or you've got an employee, like that's going to change what type of retirement account you may want to open up. But knowing what that number is, I think is really helpful. And another piece of that is when you have that annual number, you can break it down into more bite-sized pieces. Usually for my 1099 clients, we'll have this annual number that we know you need to hit from a savings perspective. And we'll even try to give like, here's the approximate percentage that should get you there. But it's helpful to know Usually we try to save it up for like quarterly to say, okay well, in this quarter, this is kind of the goal to get to, because if you do nothing and now you wait until the last quarter of the year and all of a sudden you're like, oh, dang, I had this big annual number I needed to save for. That can be really difficult. But I think where people sometimes get stressed out is they always think in terms of monthly. that they're like, well, I'm not always making the same amount of money every month. And so that feels stressful to kind of put an extra like monthly burden on their expenses. It doesn't have to be monthly, but I think if you can know, here's the annual number I need to hit from a retirement savings standpoint of like, this is what my family needs to make this, you know, our retirement vision work, then can we break that into quarterly amounts and helps take the pressure off. And if you've got a fantastic first quarter. Great. Maybe we loaded up a little bit. And now it's taken the pressure off of, you know, Q4 that great. Like now, if you've got extra money, like have that go towards the holidays, like have that be fun things like plan that vacation. You don't have to worry about your retirement because we already knew the number you've already saved for it. But I think people get really stressed out about adding another monthly when they might have variable income. It doesn't have to be
1: that. So the other thing that I know you have helped clients with in the past, I don't know how frequently this comes up, but I think that if you have a good financial planner that you're working with, or, or, um, if you're looking for one, ask this question, if entrepreneurship is on your mind is you help your clients plan to take the leap. Like you, Mm -hmm. if you know that entrepreneurship is something on their mind, you help them get into a financial position where they can safely take the leap.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think it's about clearing up some of those unknowns. So you might be saving up knowing that you want to make this jump, but I think it really is helpful in knowing, okay, what is the amount that I can deplete if I need to to you know either pay for things that I my business needs or to use as an income stream that I know taking this money from my existing investments isn't going to now completely derail everything else we've already worked for. So it's a little bit of that permission slip to say, all right, well, if you've got this money, how much of that can you access without penalizing? or destroying any of the other financial planning we've already done. So from that component, like that, I think is really helpful to know what that number is and to know I can use that without guilt or stress because you know how much it may or may not be impacting your family. And so that's something, especially with the spouse who, if they are, if your spouse is W-2, like for having their spouse also be aware of that number to know you know, okay, you know, my wife maybe is using this money and like, they're now not frustrated or stressed of like, how much of this are you digging into? It's okay. You both know what that number is. So that's hugely helpful. Um, and then, yeah, and walking through the benefits and educating them on that and kind of having a game plan of like, what does this look like? And, and knowing, obviously again, like from the retirement perspective, how much do we need to be saving? And maybe even how much time off can you take from saving and have yeah. it again not have this be this big long-term impact that now we've got a backfill. And so knowing some of those things again just takes some pressure off and
1: just helps from a communication standpoint too sometimes between spouses. I think that too, you know, I think it's important for everybody to kind of have those honest conversations with themselves before they take the leap. But I know that when I was in my 20s before I was married, before I had kids, I felt like I could take bigger risks, especially financially. And now that I'm married and I have three kids and I have a mortgage and like, I can't just go live in my basement, my parents' basement for a year while I figure it all out. I need to feel really secure that financially, if I'm taking the leap, it is going to pay off at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I think that having someone in your corner who understands your money mindset, number one, but number two, where you're at financially and where you want to be can really help you feel like you're a little more secure before you take the leap. Yeah, absolutely. and
2: And I also think that, you know, we kind of touched on it in the very beginning about money is not something that people are comfortable talking about, right? But it yeah. it needs to be a conversation. Like this is something mm-hmm. that, especially as an entrepreneur, you need to have these conversations. So having someone like a financial planner, like you, Kristen, in your back pocket where, you know what, it feels comfortable to talk to you about money because you talk about money all day long and you you create this safe space, with your clients to have those conversations. And so it's okay. I can be completely transparent with you. I can talk to you about my, what my long-term goals are, and you're going to help me understand. Okay, great. That is exactly what your picture looks like. And then Mm -hmm. you help your clients put together that puzzle, like you said of, okay, great. Here's what your goal is. Now, this is what you need to get there. And you're having those tactical conversations about money and you're actually talking about dollar amounts it's not like the conversation you're having with your neighbor where you're like ooh so i mean if i were to and um so like make and it's all of this talk around yeah. the number without the numbers.
0: Right. I was like, sometimes you need to cut through the fluff and just actually talk about the numbers. <laughs> like like sometimes, and like I said, it's helpful to know, you know, even if it's before you've made the leap and left your W-2 job, like maybe in having those discussions again, before you've done anything, if you can have that discussion and have that game plan and know, all right, well, maybe either the answer is yes i can do it now and i'm i'm comfortable and i've got the money and i can feel good about that or maybe it's no maybe it's not right now and maybe it's okay maybe i need to work another you know, nine, 10 months or another year. And, but now I have this bogey of savings that I know I need to get to. And when I hit that number, because we've actually talked about a real number, when I hit that, then I know, okay, great. Now I can jump ship and I can start my own thing. I can go, you know, full force into this and not feel bad about it. But I think sometimes people often make a decision and had they known better or known differently or known the long term ramifications, they might have chosen something different. And that to me is what I try to have my clients avoid. At all costs. I'm like, I just never want you to come into a situation where, had you known something differently, you might have chosen a different path. And so that's why education, I think, is hugely important. And at that point, then, once you have the numbers and once you have the education, now it's about determining, okay, what is your actual priority? Is it truly like, I hate my W 2 job that much? I can't stand this. And I am willing, because I know the number it takes, I'm willing to now. Delay retirement by a couple years and make this leap now, or delay getting that second house, or delay whatever it may be. But that's worth it to me to start my own job, and that's what I'm passionate about. That's fine. I just want you to know that going into it. What I don't want to have happen is you decide to create your own, you know, create your own job, and now you're a business owner, and now you realize, like, oh crap, (laughs) like. If I would have thought about X, Y, and Z, like maybe I would have just like waited six months or a year and like gotten things a bit more together. And then I would have felt that much more comfortable having this like landing pad beneath me. Um, and so knowing some of those things, it doesn't always mean you have to delay. You might be perfectly fine. It could have been like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you could have done this last year. Like you're good, (laughs) like no problem. But the issue is that people very often just don't know what they don't know. And so that's where if you can talk with a professional, whether it's a planner or a CPA, probably both, if you can talk to them and just kind of throw out, here's what I'm thinking about. Let's run through numbers. Let's look at your expenses and see what that looks like. Then you can make a decision much more confidently. And that is really where the value comes in.
2: Kristen, it, has been so much fun having you on today. I feel like you have been a wealth of information for our listeners. We will make sure to drop all of your information on how people can get in touch with you if they want to start having those conversations about how to make their own specific plan in the show notes here. But thank you just so much for everything that you've shared with us today, sharing your story a little bit and all of this, like the sneak peek behind the money conversation, right? (laughs)
0: Absolutely. No, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Kristen. Until next time, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to have you connect with us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Check out the show notes for our links and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And if you like today's show, we'd greatly appreciate a review. See you next week.